and welcome to Educators to Educators. I'm Carrie Conover, and thank you so much for joining us. I want to tell you a little story about last September when one day I woke up out of bed and decided I needed to start a podcast. Little did I know how much work was lying ahead of me in starting a podcast. It's not as easy as one might think. So as I was preparing to start my own podcast, I was listening to other business podcasts talking about, you know, being an entrepreneur and starting your own business. And one of the pieces of advice that really stuck with me as I was listening to these business entrepreneur podcasts was, it's very easy to think of other people in the industry as your competition and maybe even as like an enemy. And the advice said, no, you need to embrace the people that are doing the same things that you are doing and work together and collaborate. There's enough work out there in the world for everyone. And if you just focus on yourself and collaborating with others and not worry about that competition, you're gonna be better off. In that spirit, I reached out to my new friend, Kelly Jackson, who's a fellow education and teacher podcaster, and asked her to join Educators to Educators. And so I said, hey, Kelly, it looks like you're pretty passionate about organization. I mean, she, her title of her blog is The Simply Organized Teacher. And I thought, what a better topic to think about over the summer and thinking about going back to school next year. So Kelly, as a colleague in the same podcasting industry, welcome to Educators to Educators. Thank you. That was a good intro. I liked I liked that story because um, I feel like that's something I struggle with a lot, like as a woman and as a podcaster and like trying to get into this education online world, like with Teachers Pay Teachers and blogs and all that kind of stuff. Like that's something that I have to battle on an almost daily basis. Yeah, it is really easy to get in that mindset where we're comparing ourselves to others. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so uh, I love that we're collaborating and kind of switching roles as podcasters. Um, I think you're extremely talented. Um, Love your podcast. I'm really excited that you're here. Yeah, well, thanks for reaching out because I am still not at that like brave, ready to reach out to other podcasters or, you know, it's just so nerve wracking to reach out to people and be like, hey. Yeah. Well, maybe I can give you a little boost of encouragement. I mean, I've learned a lot from your podcast already, so maybe I can give you a little boost of encouragement to reach out to someone else to collaborate after this. Okay. So Kelly, you are clearly very, very passionate about organization in the classroom. I mean, it's just so evident in everything you do. And so I would love if you took a minute just to tell the listeners about how you got started on this journey and where you are today. Well, so this is my sixth year teaching. I'm wrapping up right now. I've got two more days till summer break, so I'm ready. Um, But when I started teaching my very first year, I remember being in my classroom and, you know, it was like two weeks before school started. And so teachers are all up there setting up their classrooms. And I remember teachers coming in and being like, your room is so organized. Your room is so neat. And coming in after the kids had left and saying those same things. And they were always asking, how do you do it? And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, isn't, isn't everybody like this? Uh, And clearly they're not because I've been in plenty of people's classrooms. And I see that there's a big need for organization in the classroom. And 
I truly believe that if a classroom isn't organized, you can't really have effective teaching because you're always going to be stumbling over something or looking for something or your kids aren't going to know where to find things. So I feel like organization is kind of like the base to being a great teacher. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in I think it comes naturally to some people more than others. So this is obviously something that you've probably had a skill set you've had for a long time. Yes. Yes. And when I go back and I like now that I'm older and I see my parents, I'm like, oh, well, this is where. Thanks, guys. Y'all gave me this like OCD anal. (laughs) Were you that girl in high school that wrote down your outfits and your planner and kept track of them and where you when you wore them? No, I didn't do that. But I do remember like uh, in my closet, like taping up. um, Gosh, I haven't thought about this in a long time. (laughs) I would like tape up like all my different shirts or something and like cross them. Like I would write them down and then cross them out. Like as I wore them to like keep track of it. I I feel like I remember doing something like that. (laughs) That is amazing. I think all my shirts were probably on my closet floor. Um, But to each his own. When I went into teaching, I actually became really organized. But um, (laughs) I I love that this is just something that you were almost born with and that you learned from your parents. And now you're passing it on to others. Yeah, I mean, I love it. It's fun for me, really. So you have a blog, Kelly. Tell me about your website and your blog and, and what you put into that and what resources are there for teachers. So my blog is The Simply Organized Teacher. And Um, It just kind of started as a way for me to, um, like I was feeling this passion and this calling to help other teachers uh, with classroom organization. And initially my thought was, oh, I can, you know, people can hire me to come into their classroom and and help them organize. But I quickly realized that that wasn't going to be feasible outside of like my little radius of where I live. And um, so it really just grew as a way for me to share my knowledge and um, my skills with other people and with other teachers and hopefully encourage them. um, Because I agree, not everybody is going to be as organized um, as I like to be. But if I can give them just some little tools to help get there, then, then, you know, that's success for them. So it started just as a way for me to share uh, with other people. And then I started a podcast, the Simply Teach podcast, and I bring on guests and we talk about, it, it, it isn't always even just about organization. We talk about anything really, uh, because I just want to feature other teachers and I want to encourage other teachers. I know that I've only been doing this six years and I feel like teaching is hard and it's really easy to become jaded to the profession and to see all the negative. And even when I sit down and talk to somebody on a podcast and we talk about the struggles, but the things that go well too, it encourages me. And that's what I want for other teachers to hear when they're frustrated or a kid's, you know, bugging them or whatever's going on. I want them to be able to listen to this and feel encouraged and like, Hey, I'm not the only one that's struggling with this. Yeah. And I think, You know, I was just reading something. We've all heard all about this with social media. It's it's like the highlight reel of Mm -hmm. people's lives. And now that's going to teaching in Instagram because people are only showing the highlight reels. I'm personally Mm -hmm. obsessed with um, Instagram and teachers and all the ideas. I think you got to go into it with the right mindset, knowing it is what it is. But 
what I like about um, your podcast, and I just listened to um, the uh, from Pocket Full of Primary, the one that mm-hmm. you with her, is like, yeah, she was sharing out great things, but she was also saying like, hey, these things are hard. Um, right. So I think that we need to share both. We do, because when when you think about teaching, it's so isolating. Like I'm in my classroom all day long um, with eight-year-olds, and then when I step out, and I see other teachers, I just see all the things, just like on Instagram, but in my own school building, I see all the other amazing things that these teachers are doing. And I'm like, oh, well, I didn't get to this or I didn't do that fun activity. And it's just so, you know, I feel like it can be so damaging to us as teachers. If you've never listened to Educators to Educators, welcome. Um, I'm Carrie Conover. I was a teacher for 10 years in the Chicago public schools. I've spent the last five years traveling the nation, working in ed tech. And now I have bust out on my own and started Educators to Educators, where we love to connect teachers and anyone in the education field to one another. So if you've never listened to the podcast, we always have one larger theme. So today we're talking about organization in the classroom. And then we talk about three points within that theme. So we're going to talk about how organization isn't only about decorating. We're going to talk about a recommended workflow that Kelly has for setting up for um, the beginning of the school year. And then finally, we're going to talk about creating routines. So stick with us. I know this is going to be incredible. So Kelly, let's talk about this. I loved when I read this. Organization isn't only about decorating. I think, well, I know because this was me six years ago and a lot of the the people that follow my website and um, listen to my podcast are first year teachers and we get so excited about making our classroom cute and finding the theme that we want and going to Pinterest and looking for all these cute decoration ideas. And I, I truly believe that a classroom needs to be decorated well and it needs to be cute and it needs to be welcoming. But if we go in with that at the forefront, uh, we're going to spend all of our time trying to make it cute and look good that we're going to run out of time or neglect the organization piece. And I think, like I was saying earlier, that that organization piece has to come before everything else. So I recommend, I mean, really to any teacher, but especially to new teachers that when you're going into a classroom for the first time to think about how can you organize the space and organize your cabinets and and all that kind of stuff um, before jumping into the decorating. And then also kind of going with that, you know, where everybody's on Pinterest looking for cute themes and trying to buy the cute borders. And I know that when I walk into a classroom, like I remember I walked into this teacher's classroom one time and she had an Alice in Wonderland theme in her classroom, which, you know, is, is fun and cute and different, but literally every inch of wall was covered with uh, colored butcher paper. I mean, every inch wow. of the wall. And it was like diamond patterns mac- uh, next to multicolored stripes. And it was just so overwhelming and like overstimulating to me as a 20, I don't know how old I was, 26 <laughs> year old adult. Um, so I just imagine like what that does to our mm-hmm. kids And even more importantly, what that does to our kids with special needs or with sensory, um, you know, issues. And so 
I always encourage teachers to just pick one or two colors and tie that in and that be your Mm -hmm. theme instead of going for like the jungle theme or the, you know, whatever it is that you're wanting to do. I had this image in my head as you were, where you were talking about this and and I have to tell you something. So when I got my first job in 2005 in Chicago public schools, I was so excited. I think I got my job at like probably the end of June. The principal says, okay, you're in room 316. So I get up there, third floor, no air conditioning in this hundred year old building. And I open the door and Kelly, you would not believe what I found behind that door. It was the classroom of a teacher who had retired and it was like 50 years worth of stuff in there. And I spent my whole summer cleaning that classroom out. And I felt so defeated because I didn't get to do as much of the decorating that I wanted to do. Um, But I had this image of like, it's like you almost need this really nice clean slate and then you're building like a Sunday, like the curriculum is the ice cream. And then the, you know, like you're building this up and the Pinteresty stuff is the whipped cream and the cherry on top. Yes, exactly. Because I've even told teachers like who um, are in the same classroom, they're not even moving out of their classroom, but their classroom is just disorganized. I've even encouraged teachers take everything out of your classroom and Ooh, stick it out in the hall and start that. over, which I know that that, I mean, I wouldn't want to do that. That would be a pain, but I really believe in the power of like starting with a a blank slate. I mean, it's really easy to be a hoarder as a teacher because we get so little. (laughs) Right. Well, and that makes me think like I always tell first year teachers when you walk into that school for the first time, people are going to be like, oh, I don't have um, I'm getting rid of this here. Have it. Take it. I got so much stuff that first year and you know, as a first year teacher, you don't want to say no. You don't want to be that person that's like, oh, no, thanks for the free stuff. And what if you might need it, you know? And I always encourage first year teachers to either just be confident and say no, if it's not something you're truly going to use or to politely say yes, and then dispose of it uh, once they are gone. Because even taking all that stuff is starting off your hoarding as a teacher, you know, at a very early early time. I really also like what you say about like not going overboard with the colors. And I mean, if you really want to have all this really cool stuff, I mean, you could switch it out with the, with the seasons, right? So maybe you're doing, you know, uh, orange and red in the fall or whatever colors and like, couldn't, you could switch it out, but like to do it all at once is just, is just too much. Yeah. And I like my classroom has been a blue and green theme since day one. Um, And like, like, um, you know, like cute blue and green. Do you know what I'm talking about? Not like (laughs) Crayola crown pack blue and green. (laughs) (laughs) Like spa. Yes. 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 Because it's calming. And at least it is to me. Um, And I, you know, I, I don't have like for border, I use burlap instead of, you Mm. know, like the cute little borders with all the, like I had borders for the longest time that had polka dots or chevron or whatever. And I I just decided to get rid of that because I wanted a more simple, I wanted it to be more simple. Yeah. And it sounds like then it makes your own life simple. Yes, it does. (laughs) So it is right now, June, 
most teachers are getting out for summer. Some people are still going. Poor Chicago Public Schools goes till June 20th. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Isn't that crazy? I think it goes the latest of any school district. And no one has air conditioning. So um, that was always fun. Oh, Oh my gosh. My question for you is, you're all packed up. Most teachers have already packed up their classroom for the year. Mm -hmm. So let's say you're going back to the same classroom, or maybe you're changing classrooms, or you're a new teacher. What tips do you have for like setting up your classroom instead of just going back in, opening the door, and start pulling everything out? What's the process that you suggest teachers should go through? Let's talk about right now it's June. So most teachers have packed up their classroom. Although my friends in the Chicago public schools don't get out till like June 21st. That's crazy to me. Isn't that crazy? And most of them have no air conditioning. So they just sweat for like the entire month of June. Those poor teachers. I know. Um, But so most teachers have packed up for the year. So what I would love for you to help us with is to think about the beginning of the year. Teachers are going back to school. I feel like a lot of us, we would just go in our classroom and start opening bins and closets and pulling stuff out. Is there like a workflow that teachers should go through to really make sure they're one, going to be um, organized and successful and two, that they're done on time? Yes. So now that we're in summer, you can you can even start the process now. And really, I've told teachers, so for your Chicago friends who are still in school or people like me who are still in school, I've said you can even start getting organized for next year, this year, in the way that you're packing your boxes. And I won't go into all of it, but just packing like things together. You know, all of the station, all the reading station materials are in this box and all the math station and all my desk supplies, packing up organized. So that way, when you come back in August, you can unpack and everything's kind of already together. But during the summer, just start thinking about if you know what your classroom looks like, start thinking about the layout of the classroom. I've even done graph paper and I cut out little U tables and desk and it's never, I've never done it drawn to scale. It's just to kind of see what I like, but just kind of figure out how you want the flow of your room to be. You need a plan for a whole group area. You need a plan for where you're going to do small group teaching. You need your library to be open and visible. Um, And then think about where you want your stations uh, to be around the classroom and then where your desk going to be and how are you going to, how are you going to situate those? So those are things that you can be thinking about right now during the summer. I love what Michelle said in your interview with her about how custodial staff yes. a lot of times pull everything. I mean, we always had to have everything packed in, in the closets mm-hmm. so they could redo the floors. You're right. The years that I took my time and packed up well, it made it so much easier coming back to school. And I also, uh, I smiled because I also would leave a very precise map for them of where everything went back. Cause I did not want to be moving bookshelves. Uh-huh when I came back to school. I thought that was genius. And I'm really upset that I had never thought of that before (laughs) now. (laughs) Well, now you can steal her idea. That's what good teaching friends are all about. Exactly. So you map out your room, you know where you want things to go. What's next? So now you're in your classroom. And if you've got a messy classroom that you really want organized, pull everything out. Uh, If if you're starting in a blank slate or if your room's pretty organized, um, Start with your cabinets. I believe that the cabinets are kind of like, like they're the inside of the classroom. They're the heartbeat of the classroom. If your cabinets are a hot mess, more than likely the rest of your classroom is going to be a mess too. So start by organizing your cabinets. And I like to organize my cabinets uh, just kind of like I said with the boxes by like things. So I have a, a cabinet 
that is all my Kleenex and Germex and a cabinet with all my art supplies and a cabinet with, uh, this is one that I think is a really good tip. You said you walked into the classroom and there was, you know, a teacher that had been teaching for 50 years worth of stuff. So this might not work for that, but I keep a closet or I keep a cabinet of materials that belong to the school or belong to the grade level that are mine to use throughout the year, but are not mine to take with me should I leave. So I put all of those things in one cabinet. So that way, um, if in the middle of this, not in the middle of school, if in the middle of the summer, I suddenly find out, oh, I'm moving to a different school. When I come in, I don't have to unpack all my stuff and find the stuff that has to stay. I can just leave that cabinet for the next person. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So like, I think that, and it's actually been really helpful because I've kept that cap, like I keep it all year long, obviously, and I'm not returning to my school this upcoming year. So I'm having to turn in a lot of that stuff and it's all in one place. I know exactly where it is. uh, And I can quickly find it when my administration is asking for different resources. So anyways, organize your, your cabinets by like things. And then of course, putting lots of bins and tubs within your cabinets to organize things. You are just like bringing up all these memories for me <laughs> and all this crazy, like it's such a visual thing for me because I'm picturing classrooms. But when you were talking about the cabinets not being organized, have you ever had friends that every time you go to their house, it is impeccably clean and everything is picked up. And then you go in their kitchen and open a drawer and everything's shoved in the cabinets. Like on the surface, they look like they've got it together. But when you open their drawers, you see that they're not that different than, you know, the average Joe. Right. Um, But I do think it's really interesting because I had this one closet where I would just shove things that I didn't want to deal with. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it's valuable to have a, a small spot like that because you can't always find a home for everything or know where to put things. So I think there is value in that. Like the junk drawer of the classroom kind of? Yes, but it needs to be small, not a closet, like you said. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, having that stuff organized so you could get to it quickly, I mean, it makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. It does. So do you have any recommendations when you're talking about bins and organizational tools? Like, What do you use in your cabinets? Okay, so my favorite things to use are really just the like dollar shoe boxes um, that you can get at Target or Walmart, like the clear plastic ones, because they stack on top of each other. They're small. They're narrow enough that they can like in the back of my classroom is really narrow cabinets. So they can fit in there sideways, Um, pretty much anything with a lid. So that way I can stack other boxes on top of it. And then of course, labeling those boxes. So that way, you know, what's in there. Yeah. And um, what do you label them with? How do you do that? Oh, gosh. I My mom got me these cute little, like, just the kind you put in the computer and print off, you know? Um, do you, oh, like, a, like almost like a mailing label? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, were, they had, like, cute little Crayola things on them or something. Ooh. I don't know. But, I mean, you could go on Teachers Pay Teachers and search. You'll find a ton. Um, or, you know, if you're feeling extra, like, adventurous this summer, you can – uh, the silhouette, you know, c- cut them out of vinyl and yeah. put them on there. That's a lot of work. I don't know if you want to do yes. that for your inside of your cabinet, but. Um, yeah, that's someone that likes everything really uniform. I would have a lot of admiration if they did that on there. <laughs> you know. But okay. So I've mapped out my classroom. 
I've put things in the cabinets or my cabinets are organized. I've got my bins. What what goes next? So next I would say start thinking about how are you going to organize your your teacher materials, your your space, your things. I think it's really important that a teacher have a desk, even if it's small, in their classroom where they can, you know, just kind of keep track of their things. Think about where you're going to store your lesson plans, where you're going to put all your materials, just all those little things that go into being a teacher. Where are you going to store and put those things? And also, I mean, I'm a tech person from the ed tech space, but not only just your physical things, but like, where are you going to organize? How are you going to organize things on your computer? Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Right in your classroom, right? Like, right. I sometimes I'll see teachers' desktops and I'm like, there are 355 files on your desktop. Like, how can you find anything on this computer? So I think when you're thinking through that physical space, also think about how am I going to set up what, either my Google Drive or my folders so that I know every year exactly where those important materials are. Yeah, that's so true. So then after you get your teaching materials together, where should you go next? So next, start thinking about student materials. You've already decided uh, where your whole group area is going to be, where your small group area is going to be. Think about now you've got their desk situated. How are you going to handle their supplies? Are you going to do community supplies? Or are you going to do individual supplies? And each of those have you know, consequences of how you do either one. Um, so think about how you're going to do that, where you're going to store things, where are you going to store extra materials? So that's where like my cabinet that had all the shoe boxes in there with labels. I had one for scissors, glue sticks, pencils, and they were always in the same place. So even if, and I never really let the kids go in there, but if for some reason they needed to, they knew exactly where they were, um, where our extra supplies were. So think about that, those things, and then also your stations. How are you going to are your stations going to be in specific spots around the classroom? Like this is the read to self spot. This is the listen to reading spot. Or are you going to allow them to, to choose their spot? And then with that, are you going to store the materials? Like if you have specific locations around the room for each station, are you going to store the materials there? Are you going to store the materials all in one communal spot. So just kind of think through those things and what is going to work best for your classroom and for your management. There's not one way that's right. It really depends on your personality and the setup of your room, but commit to something so that you stay in that system. I think that's like, that is just one thing I think that goes all across teaching as a teacher, you have to be committed to your classroom management plan. You need to be committed to those things. So I think it goes with being organized as well. Put those systems in place. Teach the kids to keep those systems in place um, and, and stay committed. Would you agree? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And this is a great time to be thinking about those systems and how you want to do all those things. Yes. So now it's like you've done all the really important work of getting your classroom organized and set up. What do you do next? Well, this is the fun part. This is when you get to decorate. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about that. You mentioned it a little bit like using two colors. Mm -hmm. How would I loved what you were saying about keeping it really simple too. So what are, what is the cherry on top that you have in your room? How do you make it really fun and exciting if you're staying with two colors and the same borders? Well, um, 
So I'll just tell you like how my classroom is decorated. I've got two bulletin boards that are like built-in bulletin boards and I have a gray and white cute. I always use fabric for my bulletin boards because they don't fade. So I've got a gray and white uh, fabric on the bulletin boards with burlap around them. And then I kind of makeshifted two other bulletin boards with fabric that I bought. One of them is really just a tablecloth my mom found on clearance at Target. And um, again, same border, burlap around it. And the other fabric has burlap around it. So I'm kind of tying it all together with the burlap. Um, And they're all, let's see, so I have the two gray ones. And then the other two are like a blue and white type pattern. Um, And then I'm trying to think, like, I really don't have, when you walk into my classroom on the first day of school, it's pretty bare. It's pretty white with a little pops of blue and the burlap and the gray because I keep most of my wall space empty for anchor charts and all that stuff that's going to come as the year progresses. That's awesome. So you're starting with that clean palette and then those anchor charts, student work, all of those types of things then fill your walls. Right. And then even like little baskets. So in my library, I have uh, my favorite baskets for like out in the classroom are the Y weave baskets from Target. And I had blue and white ones for the longest time. And I, this past year, decided to change to a more neutral theme. So I got gray ones. But even just that, they're kind of, they're cute. And they just add a little bit more pizzazz to the classroom, I guess. Make it feel a little bit more homey. Lamps, of course. Um, I've got a lot of lamps in my classroom to just kind of help set like a calmer environment. You mean you don't love those bright fluorescent (laughs) lights that most schools have? I never keep mine on. They drive me crazy. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you can hear a buzz coming out of those. I never yeah. could, but yeah. Well, I love that. So thank you for sharing that flow. And I think it is really it's it's valuable to a new teacher, a veteran teacher, just to be reminded about how important that organization is. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about those routines. So what type of routines do you encourage people to set up? So think about routines for you and think about routines for your kids. And again, this is a great time to think through, especially if you've been in a classroom before or you've student taught before, think about just go through a day schedule and think about all the little routines that you're going to have to uh, be mindful of. So when I'm th- when I'm talking about plans for yourself, that's uh, like I mentioned earlier, wh- where are you going to store your lesson plans? How are you going to lesson plan? Are you going to plan at home? Are you going to plan at school on a certain day? How are you going to handle, this is the biggest one I notice with teachers, papers coming from the office, like pass these out or whatever. Um, and then they just get thrown on the U table or the desk because you don't have a place to put them. So where is going to be your location that you're always going to put papers from the office? How are you going to handle notes from parents, graded papers, papers that need to go back to kids to be corrected? All those little things, write out how you want to, what the flow of what that's going to be. So that way, once the school year starts, you have that already. You're not having to figure it out as you're going. So speaking of students, can you talk about some of the routines you should set up for students? Yeah. So think about how do you want them entering the classroom in the morning? How do you want them leaving the classroom at the end of the day? How do you want them transitioning? uh, If you switch classes, what is that going to look like? Going to the bathroom, sharpening pencils. Like that's my biggest pet peeve is a kid sharpening a pencil while I'm talking. Oh, so think about, 
what are you going to have in place to prevent that from happening? Um, establish a quiet signal and even two or three of them um, that you're going to use to get the kid's attention. What, like, how are they going to line up? I don't know if I said that one already. And also think about when you have a guest teacher, a substitute teacher, what expectations do you have there? I am, I have very high expectations that when I leave my classroom, I expect to come back to it uh, how I left it. And it's not the subs responsibility. It's my kids responsibility because it's their classroom and they're the ones in there day in and day out. They, they know the expectations. Are you staying connected to what's going on at educators to educators? You can follow us on Instagram at educators to educators. Don't forget that's the number two. You can also visit our website at educators2educators.com. Also, you can become an E2E insider and you'll find out about exciting opportunities through our monthly newsletter and learn about ways to earn Amazon gift cards for giving your opinion. Also, summer, part-time, and full-time job opportunities. Stay connected with us through our website or Instagram. Let's get back to talking to Kelly about classroom organization and wrap up this exciting interview. You've got to start day one, implementing those routines and setting high expectations for them. I firmly believe that you have to start off strict and letting them know, I don't mean this in like a man controlling way, but letting them know who's the boss and who is in charge uh, because it's way easier to start off strict and ease up as the year progresses than to start off easy and try to become more strict and, you know, wrangle them in. So teaching routines multiple times, if they, it's time to line up and they don't line up quietly, call them back to the carpet, do that five times. If you have to just keep practicing until they can show you that they can do it. Absolutely. Have you ever had a routine with your kids that didn't work? Oh, all the time. All the time. <laughs> um, I mean, they're kids. They're kids. You know, like it, there's going to be, especially in those first few years when you're trying to figure things out. And so I think it's okay to test something out. I mean, we were talking about being committed a minute ago. And I really do think, I mean, you do need to be committed. But I also think you need to be aware of your kids and uh, what's working for them and what's not and be willing to tweak it. It's, I think, I know for me, this took a long time for me to learn as a teacher is that I want everything to be perfect and I want to be in control and I want everything to go this way that I had planned for it to go. And um, clearly I joined the wrong profession if that's what I was expecting. <laughs> but, you know, like they, you have to, you have to see what works and if it's not working, change it or tweak it. And, and that's okay. Give yourself grace to be able to do that. You know, Kelly, I'm about to be a guest on your podcast and I'm super nervous because does it feel really weird to sit on the other end of this? This feels so, I feel more nervous doing this than I do when I'm on like your end. <laughs> like It's crazy. It's, it's gotta be such a weird feeling, but like, I think, I mean, you've been an amazing guest and I think you've just reminded us of so many things that are important about being organized. And it's not just the stuff. It's organized in your routines. It's organized in 
you know, your teacher materials and what you're going to teach. But um, I think it's so important for us to go back and touch on these things and remember these things over the summer as we're leading into the new school year. Yeah, definitely. I hope you had fun. I had a lot of fun. Talking. I did have fun. <laughs> no, this is fun. And I'm excited um, to chat with you on my podcast, yeah, too. It's going to be now I got it's role reversal time. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Here we go. We go though, um, so yes. how can we follow you? How can we find all these amazing resources that you've created? So first of all, your website. How do we find your website? The Simply Organized Teacher.com. This is where you can find me there. Easy. Yep. And I'm the same on Instagram and Facebook as well. I don't really do Twitter. I can't, I can't figure out Twitter. So Kelly, before we go, tell me what has been one or two of your most exciting moments as a new podcaster. You have what, 10 or 11 episodes at this time? Is that correct? 10. 10. Okay, so out of these 10, mm-hmm. tell, share with me maybe an aha moment or something that really excited you and made you realize being a podcaster was worth all the work it takes. I think just getting to connect with other people. And the first few episodes were just me talking to my friends. <laughs> um, but like my last guest was Michelle Ferre from Pocketful of Primary. And honestly, I didn't realize how big of a following she had uh, when I like emailed her requesting to like, I didn't pay attention to what her YouTube subscribers were when I emailed her. And uh, but that was so fun to get to talk to someone who's like a, an influencer in the education world and see that they are struggling with the exact same things that yeah. I struggle with. And so just getting to know other people and I mean, just getting to know you and us talking about like other things that we can collaborate on and do together. Like that's so exciting to me to, to be able to work with other teachers and continue, you know, organizing is my passion. And, uh, this blog has become like my new passion and excitement. And so getting to meet other people and and figure out ways to grow that and, and help support other teachers has been really fun. Well, I'm now a fan. You have me in your corner. Uh, from this point forward. So I'm so glad we are collaborating and that I had the chance to meet and talk to you, Kelly. Thank you so much for sharing out all this information with all of us. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for, for reaching out and for having me on. A special thank you to Kelly Jackson for joining us on today's episode. Make sure to check out the Simply Organized Teacher blog and Instagram account. As you end today's episode, you're going to hear a little teaser from Teacher Summer Reboot, a course Educators to Educators created along with Serious Giggles and Hello Fit to help you reboot and re-energize over the summer. Until next time, keep on teaching on. Congratulations, you made it to the end of the school year. When people think of school getting out for summer, They think of kids running and screaming through the halls, ready for summer break. But what they may not realize is not far behind are the teachers. You, running to your cars, dreaming of days at the pool, long lunches with friends, family vacations, and spending your days taking care of yourself. This is Teacher Summer Reboot. 30 days to rethink reorganize and refresh your teaching before the start of the new school year. 
We've built this course to help you relax and enjoy your summer while making sure you're on track for the start of the new year. We are creating a community of energized and inspired teachers who also know how to have a good time during the summer. Join us for Teacher Summer Reboot.